This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of meaningful sport. Welcome back to the second part of our conversation on run commuting with Dr. Simon Cook. If you haven't listened to the first part yet, it's probably a good idea to do that, and you can find the link in the episode description. Today, our conversation moves to explorations of the meanings and experiences of run commuting. We also discuss sustainable transport and the potential of run commuting as a mobile practice. We also hear about Simon's current research on running during social distancing. Simon Cook is a human geographer and a runner based at Birmingham City University. He is currently a senior lecturer in academic support in the Faculty of Health, Education and Life Sciences. He conducted his PhD research in human geography at Royal Holloway, University of London, and investigated the rise of run commuting in the UK. Simon has an excellent website called Geographies, which you should certainly check out. The link is again in the episode description. Now, let's move to the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I think now we are moving closer to these questions about the meanings of run commuting and experiences of run commuting. And something you mentioned already a couple of times is that it's sometimes difficult for the people who do this to fit the running into their everyday life. And that's why this is one good option to be like efficient time with their time management. But is there something more to that than just this practical concern what what would be some of those additional dimensions to uh, yeah this sort of the meaning of this is something i found really really interesting because when approaching studying run commuting i was approaching it as you know there's this new meaning of transport going on here which you know isn't really written about we generally consider running as being about sport fitness, health, or um, sort of like um, experience orientated. So you know, you're trying to find particular enjoyable embodiments from it, perhaps. Um, but here was this new, both a new thing in contemporary running cultures, but also, um, you know, it's one of the first uses humans had for running was as a form of transport. So I thought this would be a really interesting aspect to look at in run commuting, particularly thinking about representations and meanings. But it was a very um, contentious one actually um i i sort of wrongly assumed that you know because everyone i was talking to was running as a commute was running to work they would recognize this transport meaning within their within their own practice but that was 
that was definitely not the case at all. So one thing I, sh- I should sort of underscore all this with is that run commuting is not the term for this practice. It's the label I chose for, as, for the research. But there's many others that exist, you know, just running to work, um, some remote uh, sort of work marathon. There's, there's lots of different variants of it. And this notion of attaching the word commute to their practice, some run commuters really despised. They're almost like, the reason I'm running is that I'm not commuting. So, you know, that sort of um, symbolic attachment of a commuting notion to, to their practice, they really didn't like. And for a lot of other run commuters, they just saw it as ordinary running. They didn't see it, you know, semantically as any different to what they're doing. They're just doing it in a slightly different, a slightly different way. That's not to say others didn't recognise it. Some did see that, you know, there was this transport notion or transport aspect to their to their running now. And that with that came with different, um, you know, opened up other doors, perhaps, you know, looking at active travel and what role running may have within that. But to me, this is why this idea as running as sort of a time management practice became the most important element to distinguish why run commuting happens. Because, you know, even if you don't, see it as transport even if you don't like that connotation of a commute most people would not opt to run to work you know in terms of as we've discussed it doesn't necessarily offer the best conditions to do the best running um so there is a compromise going on here and yeah it does often come down to this notion that this by running this yeah, i'm already traveling this distance i'm probably doing it by means i don't enjoy that much whether that's driving trains or whatever and running is just more enjoyable and it means I can get my run done. So it becomes this time efficiency, time management practice. Mm-hmm. But And although a lot of run commuters talked about that, and you can sort of interpret that from what they're saying, very few would say, oh, a meaning I attach to this is time efficiency or, or time management. Mm-hmm. They are really quite focused on, well, it's just running. I wanted to run and it's allowing me to do it in a way which I was find difficult otherwise. And it allows me to, you know, keep up the other practices of life, which I'm mixing together. So often parenting, but often there's other ones as well. So it's it's not so much that running is the time efficient thing. It's it's almost becomes invisible in some ways. Like, oh, it didn't impact on everything else I had to do. And that's where the, the benefits are felt more. So I'm still able to do everything um, else I'm meant to do, but I'm still just running. So it's a really interesting dynamic between me being able to sort of try and interpret, oh, well, there's these transport meanings attached to it, or there's these time efficiency meanings attached to it. And then, you know, the run commuters themselves saying, it's really just about being able to run and enjoying that. Um, And they're sort of the main meanings which are at least motivating or sort of catalyzing run commuting. But as people, especially developed their own routines around it, there's obviously lots of other things they started to to enjoy and, and attach these meanings to run commuting as they're doing it. So a lot of them found it was much more enjoyable than you know being on the London Underground, perhaps, um, yeah. as a form of commute. So actually, they were more happy to use it as a form of commute, even if they didn't have the time pressures around it. So it did take on this, you know, this that commuting or transport element became more integral. A lot of people just found it very enjoyable and a really interesting way to explore spaces they'd been through, but in you know, through different modes. And, you know, for a lot of people running a, you know, an A to B line, you can get much further than doing these loops of ordinary running routes. So 
the ability to run further and to you know tie together different areas of the city which perhaps they'd never run through before became a really a really interesting aspect of their practice that they enjoyed so now we're seeing these elements of sort of exploring coming in to run commuting and those sort of meanings attached um there's um in the UK, there's quite a famous ultra runner called Susie Chan, who at one point was trying to basically, through her, her own heat map on Strava, um, trying to run as many different routes between you know the train station and her workplace as she could and always like, colour in the map of London as they were doing it. Oh. So people have found these various different meanings of it, but a lot of them still want to keep that central meaning of it is running. That is what I'm doing. Um, and I'm, it's enabling me to do it without impacting on other elements of of life um well yeah as the researcher you can go okay we're seeing transport or time efficiency meanings coming in but that's not necessarily what they hold central with it within it yeah so i guess part of it can be also like preserving your runner identity that if this is almost the only time of the day when you can put some running in that (laughs) allows you to keep doing your practice yeah and also then you're displaying that as well. You know, you're going to work in your running stuff. So you're, you know, you're communicating yeah. that identity again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious if there is any element in, in your research about this kind of environmental concerns or uh, ecological awareness. So, I mean, a lot of this promotion for cycling is for example for we need to develop these green cities and the more people who are using their bicycles for example the better we can get rid of some of the cars in the cities and and those things so i wonder if any of your participants were talking about this (laughs) running as a green uh, transport surprisingly very few actually um i i also consider this would be potentially quite an interesting or important motivation in deciding to run uh, to run run their commute because if I'm one of the things I, I want this work to try and do is to put running in that active travel world I want it to you know be considered there then yeah these are one of the important arguments for active traveling cycling walking is is the the green element of it but for runners it, it was very 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 low i don't think anybody in in interviews discussed it it came out in a couple of survey responses and again i think there's probably a couple of reasons for that um one is you know the again that motivation to run commute is mostly just to find a time to run so it's not necessarily motivated by the green element although they enjoyed that as a useful sort of byproduct but equally when you look at, so most people do not run commute every day. Very, very few do. So mostly run commuting is used within a wider sort of set of commuting practices over a week. And the most common other mode of transport for run commuters was cycling. And then it was the train. So they're already using relatively, you know, green modes of transport. Um, so they're, the the impact they're having there is obviously reduced. Where a sort of um, more environmental or ecological awareness did come out actually, and again, this is likely because run commuting is most popular in big cities, was a real awareness to pollution and um, the impact it may have on their running and you know selecting routes to avoid where they can, you know, people would talk about the physical taste of, of pollution particularly in the in summer where things are much heavier um there's all these sort of sens- sensory elements that of being in that pollution 
that they actually became quite attuned to. So it was more about trying to avoid that. It was often then linked to a, you know, a, a conversation of, oh, well, at least I'm not contributing to that. But from them, it was more trying to avoid it than mm-hmm. necessarily, oh, I'm really pleased I'm not doing that. So I'd say most people are happy that it's a greener mode of transport, but it didn't feature very strongly in their motivations for doing it or what they saw as really central aspects to the practice, which I, which I found surprising. I thought that would be a stronger element. Yeah, but just like you say, if they are typically either cycling to work or taking the train, then it's not a big change in terms of how green their way of transporting is. So, so maybe mm. that's part of it. Maybe there is then also, because I think cycling has been promoted a lot with this argument for greener cities. So maybe there is this untapped potential in, in running as well, that this part of it could be increased in <laughs> runners' awareness that this is a way to uh, move or transport yourself in a more uh, sustainable way. Yeah, de- definitely. And I think there's, um, I mean, so obviously my, my focus was on the UK within uh, within this research and, you know, London is definitely the capital of run commuting in the UK. It's often held up as the capital of, of run commuting uh, globally, actually, although data around that is very tricky to, to prove, I suppose. But there was a really interesting synergy between what's gone on in London over the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years around cycling promotion and facilitation and that becoming a um, a more popular and more acceptable way of getting around and sort of the knock-on benefits for running. So, you know, one a lot of the sort of facilities that enable run commuting, such as showers, storage at work, often um, been instigated by that sort of cycling agenda and the need to you know accommodate that. So there's runners are certainly getting used from that and equally some of the sort of the, the, the quieter active travel routes or whatever, which cycling has often um, been, been important in trying to generate, they're also getting these um, these benefits for, for, for their run commuting, but they're not in the conversation around active travel really um they're they're becoming now i think uh, the last sort of two or three years there's been some mentions of running as a form of transport that people might want to uh, promote and it's starting to feature in some local sort of planning uh, council plans and things around active travel um, but yeah currently in the uk there's a um a year-long campaign called runsome which is look trying to encourage people to run everyday journeys so it's certainly something that's being discussed more it's certainly something that's being um communicated more and from from sort of the work i've done into run, run commuting that can be so powerful in um, encouraging people to do it because um there are you know the, there are lots of people who will be finding the, the time management issues or the you know the time availability issues which would warrant run commuting but just aren't aware that it's possible to run commute. It's not something they've ever considered. It's not something they've necessarily seen other people do. Um, so therefore, just this sense of being aware that, oh, oh, you can run to work, you can run to the shops, um, can be so powerful in, in encouraging people to do it or, or considering doing it. What, one quite striking feature of um, the run commuting population is that they are so much, uh, a much higher percentage are involved in running clubs. And whilst that partly speaks to their seriousness and sort of those um, temporal pressures and demands it's going to put on their running, it also perhaps indicates that 
that's a sort of a node or a nexus in the emergence of run commuting is that you know a running club you might know other people who are run commuting and that and makes you think oh maybe i'll maybe i'll try it so yeah this sort of awareness issue i think can be so important in encouraging run commuting as a sustainable mode of of transport a lot of facilities are there because of what's happened with cycling but there's almost like a um a cognitive slip or gap between considering running as a as a plausible means of, of commuting yeah it's it's really exciting work that you've done and you already talked a little bit about the potentials of of this practice and when people become more aware of it but yeah let's Maybe I'm repeating a little bit, but let's talk about the future of run commuting. Now we obviously live in the middle of pandemic and a lot of people are not uh, run commuting because they are not commuting anywhere. But so if you think of the future of this practice, where do you think it will be something that is also growing? Maybe after we get to some degree of normal life again or... Uh, would you see that there would be certain things that could be actively done to to promote it more? Yeah, I find this quite a tricky, even <laughs> a tricky thing to answer. Even having you know researched it for so long, I think I'm still unsure of the the real potential of of yeah. run commuting. Presuming life ever goes back to to you know normal as it was, so most people in the office four or five days a week or something like that. I definitely still think there's there's um, space for run commuting to grow there's going to be a lot of people who struggled to fit running in but have been unaware of its uh, possibility or didn't feel they could due to various either social cultural or sort of infrastructural barriers that they were they were facing um so you know that the continued promotion of active travel and if we can widen out that notion of active travel to include things beyond walking and cycling i think that can be very very helpful However, with the, you know, especially in the sort of industries where run commuting is already popular, there is a good chance things will never go back to, to you know, proper normal. So home working seems as though it's likely to continue even, you know, hopefully when the, when the pandemic is, is much more subdued and, and the vaccines have rolled out, yeah. whether we'll ever go back to being in the office that much is a real question. And with that comes this sense of, well, if you're not doing that, do you suddenly have more time to run in your everyday life because you're no longer commuting? And in which case you can do any sort of run you like. You don't have to do it between work and home or the train and home or whatever. Um, and is that just more yeah. appealing? There is also then the question, particularly right now, of even though we're actively promoting walking and cycling to work, I mean, um, Birmingham City University of Herastus do not travel by public transport, only come by car cycle or on foot um so you know we're actively promoting these as uh good commuting practices for now whether running fits within that it's tricky because you are going to be sweatier you're going to be breathing more heavily due to running so is that the sort of body we want to encourage into city centers and into and into workplaces um right now whether you know your usual facilities such of showers are, are still open i think it's a, it's a big question so i, d- I definitely think you know, run commuting is is on the agenda still and is is being actively promoted and discussed. I think for some people it will be um, a really important and useful way of getting their physical activity in, and that can continue and will probably continue to grow. But with 
because run commuting is so heavily tied to our working and home lives, the rhythms of those, there is also a, a good chance that the need to run commute may almost totally disappear uh, for some people. Um, and although a lot of people enjoy run commuting, it's often an enjoyment in relation to what could be. So if I wasn't running to work, I'd be sat on the train or I'd be you know, driving. And there running seems much more appealing. Whereas, um, you know, if you don't have that need, whether you'd still run, choose to run to work when you can more easily run at other points in your day, wherever you wanted, um, I think is a, yeah, serious question mark. Um, but I would like to see it continue to be promoted and, and discussed as a mode of active travel and thought about in that ways and sort of encouraged and facilitated in those, in those ways. I think the more, the more varied modes of, you know, non-car or non-motorized forms of mobility we have, the better. You know, it should be a, it should be an inclusive group. I think this act of travel not not inclusive, not exclusive. Yeah, it came to my mind when you talked about running being something that is more enjoyable experience than sitting in the train, for example. So, I think one of my experiences running. Um, to work when I was in, in Norway or in Oslo was that it's just such a wonderful transition away from the office that running is such an intense experience that you you get to a completely different mode of being. So for me, it's like a perfect way to get off from the work <laughs> life world, if we talk in phenomenological terms, and you get to this running life world, which is completely different experience and then when you transition to your home at the end then like the work life world just feels quite distant so it's like a perfect way to change your mode of being whereas if you're sitting in a bus or a train or something i think it's easy to continue like thinking of your work <laughs> so that's maybe just yeah my experience and, and definitely one that others reported yeah that came through quite a lot. And um, I mean, there's there's work, quite a lot of work in transport mobilities. Anyway, let's look at um, the transition that commuting can offer this transition time of winding down from work to home or even yeah. gearing up, the, you know, when you're going to work and getting prepared for it. Um, but that seemed heightened, I think, for a lot of run commuters. Um, they seem to really, really uh, appreciate the sort of boundary setting it can do so yeah from, from that reason i think what's never necessarily motivating when commuting a lot of people found these as really important elements of, of their run commuting and would probably seek to to continue those so i think it'll be yeah i think it's an interesting future for run commuting definitely mm. yeah i i really enjoyed this discussion and yeah i will certainly have like more more questions Maybe we have another chat sometime in the future. But I think for closing up for our talk today, I would be very interested in hearing. I've seen that you are doing now some work on, on running uh, during the social distancing that, that we are now experiencing. So maybe you can talk just a little bit about that work and, and where the listeners can find out more about that as well. Yeah, so this is a project I'm doing with Dr. Sam Hayes at the University of Salford. And... Um, I think it's come about through both mutual interests and obviously um, our own sort of running lives during <laughs> during this 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 pandemic. Um, and this this is going to be a very UK focused uh, aspect because there's 
as, as we've seen, the role of exercise and physical activity in COVID responses across the world has been quite different and being what's been allowed and what hasn't been allowed in the UK during all of our lockdown periods. Um, exercise has been one of the very, very few reasons you've been allowed out, out of the house. Um, but with that, there's become a lot of ambiguities around how far um, or, you know, where, where you're allowed to go and the things you're allowed to do. So within this, it's, it's created um, what we're seeing is quite um, an apprehensive environment within which to to run. Um, and then it's it's putting, it's shining a light on different aspects of running to what have been usually. Um, so, so my first research in, into running looked at the encounters between runners and pedestrians on the street and how they ne- uh, negotiated together or ne- navigated each other on, on the road space. And this was really trying to look at sort of the micro geographies of um, of sort of who belongs on the street and how we produce social order. But when I, when I did that research, you know, one of the things I concluded was that although these are really useful, you know, encounters to look at, they're often moments in the background of people's running practices. And when I'm talking to runners about, um, you know, how do they navigate a pedestrian in the street, they were sort of really confused about why I was asking that, and it was seemed such a you know a, a weird and niche thing to to inquire about but now it is becoming so key um to how people go about running um you know in the uk we've been asked you know when you're out doing your exercise keep at least two meters away from everyone or that's just not possible on most of our streets you know very few pavements are wide enough to enable people to pass at that at that distance and then and then the the significance of the encounter and you know you're no longer just passing someone. What might you be passing to them is obviously uh, something that's become a an interesting conversation. And you know, especially on social media, these things can really be whipped up, and people are taking quite different perspectives on whether um, exercise should even be allowed, whether it's seen as selfish, um, who should be responsible for um, passing successfully, how much distance should we? Be allowing so there's there's lots of these different moralizing judgments that can make running quite a, an apprehensive and sort of anxious uh, practice right now and we, we're trying to sort of ex- explore those notions and what it what it means to run commute uh, what it means to run during social distancing even um yeah and how that's sort of playing out um, we, we're doing it through analysis of, of twitter data um, from the first lockdown in the uk so sort of april um, 2020 um, mostly um, you know at that time we didn't really feel it was appropriate to be asking people to join us for interviews during you know what was one of the most chaotic and sort of tenuous moments of, of people's lives so we're trying to do it through it through twitter data and that's just proving so interesting for not only people how people represent these different practices and you know what's what's acceptable what's appropriate and, and what's not but also how they um, sort of moralize each other and you know whether something's good for your own health is good for everybody's health is good for national health and national efforts and, and and so forth there's a lot of really interesting dimensions around just those moments of being out running whilst trying to social distance on top of which you have lots of really uh, complex and, and equal discussions around access to space and you know uh, who has better access to, to green spaces and who should we be privileging in these spaces and so forth so it, it's it's a very interesting and and complex sort of debate we're trying to pick through and look at the different discourses of 
it's something that's still ongoing. Um, we obviously were hoping to, to get some work out of it at some point this year. But I suppose for if people are interested in, in updates, I'd, there'll be various things going on to uh, my geography's blog and um, uh, Sam's blog as well. Um, so that there's links to all of those through my website. Yeah, that that sounds wonderful. And just like you said, these are... <laughs> like the whole role of sport and exercise during the pandemic is it selfish how can we do it safe and all the discussions in the social media easily get quite yes <laughs> as, as, as you've certainly seen when you are researching this topic so i'll be following what what happens and and i hope to see your research being <laughs> published soon on that and yeah this has been very interesting. I'm I'm sure it will be very interesting and informative for our listeners as well. Hopefully it will inspire someone to try run commuting at some point in their life when it's possible again. And so, yeah, I would really like to thank you, Simon, for this uh, very inspirational conversation. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's been very enjoyable. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Through Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.